This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. The Team Never Quit Podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Are you building your rainy day fund? Navy Federal Credit Union can help. Remember, small steps now can mean big earnings later. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash save. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello there, Team Never Quit Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name's Andrew, joined by Marcus and Morgan Luttrell. We're excited today to have Will Chesney on today's show. He's a Navy SEAL, the author of No Ordinary Dog, which shares the story of Will's canine partner, Cairo, friendship, and the historic Bin Laden raid. But before we get to that interview, we got a Patreon question of the day. Marcus Morgan, Dusty asks, why did you guys not join the Navy right after high school? Our high school guidance counselor told us we were too stupid to go to college and said, hey, you guys need to go to, go to a trade school. I wanted to be a naval officer. Yeah, our high school guidance counselor was like, you guys, you guys aren't built for academia. You should go to a trade school. Or, and they said join the military. I wanted to be, I wanted to be an officer, a naval officer eventually, and I knew I had to have a college degree to do that. Okay, so I didn't want to do any of that in the beginning, but he's the older brother, so he kind of called the shot. So we kind of started going down that route. And um, college is a great social experiment as well. I mean, it kind of gets you out of the house. And we, we, I mean, we still have the friends we had from college, and it just teaches you a little bit more about yourself. Or you can just get shotgun straight into it. With us, it took a little bit of time, and we, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, make no mistake about it. College was not an educational experience as far as <laughs> academia goes. It was it, uh, not, it was uh, out of the it was out away from what we were used to and becoming men and living on our own and learning to network yeah. and survive. I think that's why we stuck it out. Because I graduated yeah. with a 2.03 GPA. I last in my class. Yeah, we kind of did the education thing the back way. You went out and did all the hard stuff in the beginning, then you went to college to see how much you had learned through life. And Obviously, look at my brother. He, he obviously picked up a lot of stuff. I didn't. <laughs> oh, I think that's the answer to that question. Thanks, Dusty, for asking that question. If you want exclusive access to the show, bonus behind-the-scenes content, you can join us on Patreon. Uh, there's awesome uh, perks like coupon codes to the shop, some sweet swag, challenge coins, hats like the one I'm rocking right now. And you can get rare access to Morgan, Marcus, and all of our incredible guests. You can join us at patreon.com slash teamneverquit. All right, guys, let's get to the show. 
What's up guys? I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. With all that's going on this year, I didn't get a chance to hang out with my mom this year, which I normally do, which is a real bummer. And, uh, you know, that sucked. But, uh, you know, it's all good. We, we had a great conversation on the phone. To make this Mother's Day special, I decided I was going to give her a really cool gift. And actually, the gift hasn't come in yet. And my mom listens to this podcast. So I can't really go into super, you know, a lot of details about it. But I did find the perfect thing. This will kind of give her a little bit of the secret. So if you're listening, mom, sorry coming. It's a hand painting made from a photo from the team over at Paint Your Life. I've told you guys about Paint Your Life before. These guys will actually take a photo. They'll, you'll work with one of their artists and they will literally turn your photo into a painting. When I first heard of PaintYourLife.com, I thought, man, this is a cool idea, but it's got to be expensive because to take a photo and turn it into an original painting, that's got to be that's got to be crazy expensive, but really it wasn't. It was it was super affordable, and I'll tell you what, the photo of our dogs you got turned into a painting was epic, and uh, I can't wait for my mom to, to get hers. One, it's not too late to get your mom a Mother's Day gift if you forgot, you slackers. Two, there's other holidays. There's, there's wedding anniversaries. There's wedding gifts. There's, you know, anniversaries. Whatever it is, it's, whatever the special occasion, Paint Your Life makes a really, really cool gift. And it's a real easy process. Basically, you hop on their website, you upload your photo, you pick one of their artists out, you get to work with them. It takes about three weeks to get the painting back. It really is like one of the most meaningful gifts I think someone can give. And you guys know what we do. We always take care of our listeners and so do our advertisers and we love that. So at paintyourlife.com, there's going to be no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money will actually be refunded, which is awesome. And that's guaranteed. And right now, as the limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. Hey guys, to get this special offer, all you got to do is text the word TNQP to 64000. That's TNQP to 64000. Text TNQP to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter the most. All right, guys, let's get to this interview with Will. Hey, Will, welcome on the podcast, man. Excited to have you. Hey, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Big man. <laughs> Living the good life. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Living the good I, life I, out this... back home in Texas. Yeah. Back in the great state. It's the stars are bright. <laughs> yeah. Like if you had the opportunity to wear a try that you I'm saying love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Love is blind, damn it. What? <laughs> I, I'm not a talker. I'm not a talker. I hear you. I'm not either. <laughs> hey, man, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, bro. So this is a miracle that this this is happening. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. I just got interweb the other day. It I don't even know what that is, but it sounds sexy. Time. Well, Will, why don't you kick us off by telling us kind of like your journey into the into the teams in the first place? Well, say so I grew up in Texas, southeast Texas. I grew up in a trailer park. You know, nothing too crazy. Played football. It's a pretty normal Texas childhood. Good parents, great That's parents. pretty regular. Yeah. Then uh, played football, of course. Uh, did the work program, so I'd cut out of school a little early when I, when I was in high school. Played when I could, but I had to work as well. I always wanted to join the military as a kid, but I'd probably middle school, early high school maybe. I, went, I decided I want to be a SEAL. I love the water. You know. have any family in the military before you? My grandpa was in the Navy. He was a CB, you know, but he didn't really talk. Forefather, forefather. There you go. He didn't really tell me, talk to me, uh, or tell me too many stories. He didn't talk about his time in the Navy too much. He would have. Man, we got, we got some cousins that are CBs. 
Granddaddy's still uh, Granddaddy's still walking around. Station. Will or is he passed on? No, nah, I've lost both my grandparents. So uh, I was in. It's like looking back now, man. I was like thinking about it. How many times you get to come back home on leave? You know, that's only a certain amount of times over the years. And how many minutes is that you get to spend with the people you love? And looking back now, I was like, dang it, I should have. I don't know, reached out to them more. So they're no, they're not. They're both gone. But my parents are. Man, here. stop doing that. Don't beat yourself up about that. Oh, sure. Yeah, we all we all do that. Definitely, but I just try to keep that in mind these days. It's like I didn't realize it when I was in the military. Just young kid running a gun, loving my job, and still love my grandparents. I just you know looking back now, it's like, dang. I don't well, you kind of had a lot going it's, on, Will. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, because our grandparents are great too. We 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 got a chance to have them, and man, the stuff that they would teach us, something they don't, they don't even do anymore around in the modern age, and uh, that's the stuff that I regret too. I'm like, I wish I would have paid attention more when they were teaching us how to do that stuff. Definitely, man. Like my grandpa always doing something, always in the shop. And my grandma, I wish she would have uh, taught me piano or something. I remember her playing piano. Uh, Joined the Navy about two months after I I signed up when I was 17. So I did the delayed entry program, I think is what it was called. So I had to to go home and convince my parents (laughs) not only join the Navy, uh, but to Signed up to be a Navy SEAL. My mom was a little, you know, she took a little more convincing. <laughs> my dad was, you know, he signed pretty quick. But uh, they ended up coming around. They knew by the time I turned 18, I was I was going to head off anyways. It was obviously what I had my heart set on and nothing was going to stop me. But I worked for a few months. you start months. training for it? I'm sorry, did you start training for that earlier? What, what, how did you find out about the SEAL program? Yeah, what? I just wanted to, well, you know, obviously heard about SEAL training. Uh Watching Commando as a kid, you know, Arnold, I remember my mom, like, I'd color myself with black crayons, and she whooped my butt because having to rinse me off in the shower for, like, you know, camoing up with crayon, <laughs> and, uh, you know, watching Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen, it's just all that. I love the water, and I was like, boom, if I'm going to do it, I want to I test myself, and, you know, you guys know the deal. See if we have what it takes. Oh, Ooh, man. Because when I said I want to be a Navy SEAL, how many people do you think looked at me like an idiot? I'm like, yeah. sure, like, all right. Same, yeah, exactly. Those are the same two movies we watched. Yeah. My, our mother rented that movie from from the video store, and we would literally watch it over and over again. Over. And, and when Navy Seals came on with Charlie, I mean, he's our generation. That, he's the one that produced our generation of Frogmen. That's why we act the way we do. <laughs> right. You know, that's the truth. That okay. and that documentary silent option. Those, the, you know, you put some of those together. That's why we're all movie buffs because that shit raised us, man. And that's always cool. on the water. I mean, even in the wintertime, find something to do out there. Yeah, I, I'm not a very fast swimmer. I was pretty, I'm a little slower when it comes to there. Some great swimmers in the class, you know, like college level swimmers. And they oh, took every everything time. in me. You know, every ocean swim was what, 40 minutes of just flutter kicking pain. But I was pretty, I was real comfortable. So, in 80 minutes, 40 70, minutes. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, 70, no, 75, right? 75. Wait a minute. You could swim two miles in 40 minutes because I am a fast swimmer. I could with my it's the swim. only thing I was good at. <laughs> Jesus, man, did you have those rocket? I heard now they got jet fins. Yep. Like, like real jets, not just the old school jet ones we had. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. 40 minutes. What the hell is that? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. That's funny. No, no, I'd have, uh, I was a slow swimmer. I was, so being comfortable, like, you know, the drown proof and it was fairly simple. 
I had my swim buddy though. Well, not my swim buddy, but one of my, my roommate, uh, Jason Higgins, he was a slow runner, but he could swim. So he would, uh, I'd be doing the ocean swim, two mile ocean swim and just in pain, not loving my life and looking at him. And he's, he'd be sitting there like dolphin kicking. He'd be going under me and over me and him and another guy <laughs> having fun. And I'm just like, dude, I hate you guys. But when we came to the run, you know, he's a little bit slower on the run. So we would all like get together, pull him to V, you're pushing him from the back and teamwork, all that good stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, yeah. there's a lot of us in the teams because of that, that combination. And, uh, <laughs> that's the only way I got through. I, I mean, I, there, I had to be pulled and pushed through the runs. Yeah. That's how bad it was. The swim was no problem. Yeah. Cause the guy who pulled me through the run couldn't swim fast enough. So I, I pulled him. It was a give and take. I, you know, I love that man. Oh yeah. JB, thank you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, uh, when did you come in? What year? Uh, graduated 2002, so I left 2002. Worked with a few months with my father. So yeah, you're asking, uh, after high school, I joined or started working with my father. He did cell phone tower communications. He built them, and I am terrified of heights. Like, I don't like heights at all, man. So it was a win-win. It was a good-paying job, like more than I was used to making working at the – washing dishes or whatever and uh it was a good time to spend with my father before i left and then i was like all right let's see if i can suck it up buttercup and get up that tower i did not like heights and it was like all right see if, see if we'll do it man i did <laughs> you got you you joined the teams in 2002 i mean you got into buds in 2002 yeah graduate yeah joined buds 2002 joined i graduated in november 2003 so you know joined the boot camp it's hard to remember. August, yeah, 2002. Wait, you 240, 246. 246? Okay. Yeah. Trying to remember, trying to remember who y'all class. Hey, I'm which class, which class uh, had the all guys die and they cut it down on Thursday? Was that 247? No, it's 235. I was there. If for you're that. in the first 300, that's our class. <laughs> you got the, the Vietnam separation. Then now we're the old guys. That's unbelievable. We're not old. Hey, don't you, you know say what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> I know, right? Blasphemy, boy. Don't <laughs> you put that on me. No blaspheming down here. <laughs> you put that, don't you put that voodoo on me. Uh, right. <laughs> don't you put that on me. We're in a prime. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Damn right. Yeah, Damn right. The first 20 part of this, they had to hammer all the steel into place to make sure it was set. Yeah, they just gotta. It ah. may take a little bit to get some of them engines running, but that's okay. They're running. That's it. You gotta warm it up. It'll go. <laughs> warm that bitch up. It'll go. <laughs> It'll go. <laughs> oh man! So graduated, then we went on to the teams. You only did a you only did a couple of platoons that before you went over to Damnick, right? I did two deployments with SEAL Team Four. First one was mostly PSD. That's a little slow, but. An experience, and then the second deployment was Baghdad, and you know, with the whole Solder City thing, it was busy, much busier. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Was, um... Uh, that was a long time ago now, looking back at that. Was Schweizer your CO? No. Who was it? was, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, I can't even remember. <laughs> That's what I love talking to guys. Like, yeah. I don't know my CO's name. Mass Chief was Mass Chief so-and-so. But... I can remember. Yes, sir. Some of the Mass Chiefs. There's a lot of stuff I don't remember. Come see me. I'm a brain guy, man. I can help you out. Yes, yes, definitely. We can definitely dive into some of that. I've, I've been aching to come out there and see you guys just to yeah. can't go believe this place. I mean, it's great. <laughs> we got you now, though. I like it. Go, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Hey, I, I know a lot of people like to hear this when we talk to the team guys now. I get a lot of notes on So what, what when you started, were you a summer or winter? How many guys were in your class? Do you remember that when you started? How many did you guys come out with? Yeah, we were summer class. So they made up for us. We called it in our Hell Week shirts. We said that beat we, down. Oh, the beat down. We called the hammer class is what we put on Hell Week shirts because – and then, Doc, I don't know what we started with. <sighs> I think it's I think it's in the book, but the official numbers and looked up you know, a couple hundred graduated yeah. with twenty two originals, forty four ish total I think, and uh, we lost a lot of guys in Indoc because they're like, oh, you're a summer class, and they just hammered us. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll make up for it. <laughs> that water's still cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, to temper that steel, it's really hot, really cold, and beat the mess out of it. You can't pull. You're gonna get both. Oh, you're going to get it. <laughs> Don't make that happen. Right after we kind of went through, there's guys that had the contracts that were getting paid to go through Hell Week, or they would get paid if they went back through Hell Week or back through Buds. I was like, I would never do that. Some guys said they had a good time. There. I was like, I don't know. You must not have been putting out as hard as I was then. Because <laughs> that, that, that thing sucked. Yeah. I mean, the guys, obviously, that's you got to have a pretty good sense of humor to get through all that crap. But I definitely don't uh, miss going through the crap. I miss the Grab-ass jokes. <laughs> some, yeah. Oh, great times doing that. But going back through Hell Week again? Mm-hmm. You better be worth it. What are we doing? Uh. Why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Get over to Damn Neck. Tell us that story. <sighs> Squeezed by. Uh, got people out there who don't know. Damn Neck's basically like a, another Buds for Seals. Just they, they know everybody's not going to quit. I was lucky enough to make it through that process and uh, make it to my squadron. Not too many hiccups, I guess. <laughs> Got over there, man. That was, you know, one of the greatest days of my life. You know, showing up over there, being around great group of guys. So, hey, when you graduate, I don't think I've ever asked you about this. When you graduate green team, and and you're right, for people who don't know, to go to to damn over to SEAL Team Six, you got to go. It's like going back through buds again. There's a whole deal, and <laughs> they know you're not going to quit. So there's pizza snot out of you, and from what I understand, I only made it to five. I never made it to six. When, uh, when, when you guys get into the program, is it like when we finished up buds, like it's a graduate, like you feel that kind of, I, that's probably one of the best feelings ever I had was when we got to graduate uh, SEAL training. I remember that day. I can still smell the air. I was, that was a, a life altering moment for me. I never thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Graduating buds. Or make it through Hell Week, graduating buds. And then I remember when a guy I still love to this day, I worked with it uh, in my squadron. He, I remember him throwing the, the patch at me. You're going here. That's cool, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> whoo. 
just thinking about that right here, I feel it. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I can only imagine. Yeah, the stress levels from what I you know I never went either, but I just talking to buddies that were over there with you guys, just like that green team is a nightmare. (laughs) You just got to stay. All the stress, you just got to form. No pressure. (laughs) And then uh, even even once you graduate, it's just like just like graduating buds. I was a pretty decent shot, pretty good. But when I showed up to my squadron, I got. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, like, you know, get to the range. I'm going to first shoot in evolution. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to beat everybody here. <laughs> Are you kidding, bro? No. Like, even how, like just coming out of that, all that training, I like, thought I was pretty shit hot. And like, no, still got a lot, long ways to go. I think but- that's the mind rub. That's the mind rub. It's like you come out of that, so they're looking at you like you just went through all that, and you're also feeling it, and they're all laid back. It's because, you know, when we get around all of them, and you finally get your battery rhythm, and nobody – it's not that we don't give a shit. It's like, hey, that pressure's off because we all take it. And it's just, that's why everyone's so smooth, right? And when you're coming in trying to, to just to prove yourself, which you've already done going through all of that, that's the mind rubber. Like, okay, not only did I prove myself to everyone, he's like, I got to keep proving myself every time. And that's, man, once they beat that into it, that, that can never go away. It's kind of like when they teach, when, it, when someone tells you to, to quit something now. Like when they put you, when they just put it, whatever they make us do, and then they come up like, hey, you need to quit that. Like, as soon as you say that word to me, I'm cutting you out of my mind. I was like, we don't quit anything. We'll find something to replace it or something else to do, but you can't walk up to one of us and say, hey, quit. You need to quit that. Like, what What, what does that even mean? Every time they did that to me, they would beat me to death, and I'd have to I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I don't never quit, right? So once that, once you go through those two, those gauntlets, and then, I mean, green teams, I guess, just to keep us humble, right? Because of the amount of watching you guys, the amount of fun you guys have. And I know y'all have fun because we're best friends with everybody and how much y'all talk about it. And that's what we do is we swap stories. That's what y'all are great at, making those great stories. So We all are, for sure. Yeah. Good times. I miss it all. I'll stop interrupting you so you can tell one. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. But even when you get there, it's still, like you said, uh, you can go away at any time. You don't keep up. If you don't perform, you you know, make yourself an asset, not a liability. I heard Jimmy Hedge say that the other day, and I'm like, yeah, that's the deal. If not, that dude says it. you're fired, and it's nothing personal, but you know the stakes, and I don't want to be put in that position anyway. That's kind of towards the end of my career, which covers a little bit of my personal story in the book, but, it, you know, towards the end of my career, just with my brain health and a lot of other stuff going on, just wasn't feeling the same. I felt like I was a liability, and when you get to that point – after so many great years with so many great guys in my life, that's all I know. I still have my family back here in Texas, but this is my family too. To walk away from that, just have to step down from that, that wasn't easy. Did, they, uh, did you go to NICO? Oh, yeah. I went to NICO. I mean, luckily, I had a great team leader who I love. He understood. They um, they did everything po- that they possibly could. They threw everything at me that they could possibly have. NICO and try the gangling block a couple of times, tried – Every single modality that they had, they tried on me. Um, and it felt better here and there. And then these days, listening to podcasts, I started learning all, all of this other stuff, from breathing, meditating, stretching. Oh, buddy, trust me, yeah. I got stuff. I got stuff for you, man. Yeah. You, you can't even imagine. And I was one of the seals to go through NICO. Okay. I was one of the seals. I, was probably, I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I probably, I probably brought ganglionic block to the NSW. Well, people, not too many people know that. Right. So, yeah, I've got some stuff that 
we could put you, we'll send you to and get you lined out. It, uh, it's not a cure all, but for sure, it's another tool for your proverbial toolbox. That's all that these things are. That's great. Dude, that's the greatest thing about SEALs. It's like, yep. the, we're, the, we're the test cases. That's what you signed up for. Expendable. And that, it, just because you stepped away from that, you're not, that doesn't mean that you're not one of those anymore. Problem is, is you just hadn't been activated. And then when you talk about, like, you came back to your Texas family, they're your family, that's right. And so are we. And what happens in the platoon space when you're like, I don't know, this is my family. I was like, other men, they were like in the platoon with you, are older than you. No one's the same age. It's brilliant in its design. And what happens is uh, it's like trying to go to the same party or recreate the same party that you had the good times back in, when you were in high school and shit. It, it doesn't work that way. That's, that's so new times conform. And when you're stuck in that transition period, like, man, I want to hold on to this. because, And then the younger guys don't understand you because the minute you switch over and, and you become the old man, which in our community is we're not old, right? They take that away from you. That was the hardest thing I had to deal with when you walk into the room and everyone's, you know, all the boys stop laughing. You're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing for us because that's what we live off of. So once you remove the fuel from us, that, 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 that kind of fuel, you can't run like you used to. And, and you're trying, it's, your mind remembers it. And it's, so, it's like flashing those things in your head to like kickstart that engine. And when, when you're trying to putter in that, say it doesn't work. But, and that's why we make these new memories. Right now, we're just kind of in that cocoon phase. We peaked early. Is what we, all of our guys and our crew have been saying. Like, hey, shit, apocalypse going down. We peaked early. <laughs> now we're just sitting at the house waiting for everybody else to go through it. So uh, <laughs> when, at, at no point in time, remember, nothing can put you down. You can barely even put yourself down if you try it. Like only a, usually a bullet will do that. So – no matter how crazy it gets, and I mean, you can't even believe the crap, the, the stuff my brother and I had to go through out here, man. It's a, it's a typical team guy. That's that's the kick. It's like when you get out and they separate us, normally when we go through this crap, we're together. So it's not a thing. But the minute you pull us out and have, have us go through it by ourselves, and it's just to make us stronger. That's the only reason it's happened. It's just to make you even stronger than you are. Because remember that. You're a freaking Navy SEAL. There's only a handful of you on the planet, Earth, ever. The most lethal thing that ever walked Earth I'm looking at it right now. So the minute you're sitting on that couch thinking you're anything other than that is, is, is you doing that to yourself because you are not engaged. <laughs> I mean, going well, to the bank and, and even driving down the road could be a mission in your head if you want it. And, you, and the way you roll, and the problem is, whatever it is you're watching, you're going to consume. That's what you're going to become. That's what a seal is. And they don't tell us that. So you're sitting there like, why the hell am I freaking this, that, and the other? I was like, well, look at my environment. Yep, I became exactly what's around me. So I need to... And there's no fuels to interject. And uh, that was the trick for me once I figured that out. Definitely. And I was like, why did I have to go through all that? Like, it was pretty rough drinking myself to death. I got up to 250 pounds. We were sitting there staring at my mom's house. I moved back in with my mom for a little bit because I could drink myself out of a job. Sitting there staring at the wall for a good 30 minutes to an hour, just like, what is going on? Basically drinking myself to death. But you're right. Like, why did I have to go through all that? And I think it was... I mean, the biggest thing I've learned, I think, is my connection with God. You know, I've, I've definitely improved on that. I'm losing the friends over the years wasn't easy, as if, you know, we all know. I think that affected my relationship. Now that that's back on track, I feel better in brain health. You know, I think all these modalities kind of lead back to that. But, you know, definitely my brain, I, I want to get that working better. And I found some great people out there. And it sounds like you guys have some great stuff as well. I just, you know, all these modalities, not every person is the same. So, you know, put all these tools in your toolbox. No box. one's the same. 
Nobody's the same. Put all these tools in the toolbox. <laughs> the shot, right? That's it, man. That's it. The good Lord has a funny way of jerking a knot in your ass when it's time. Bro, you're right where you're supposed to be. That's it. We've all, you know, we kind of been sitting there, and, and when you're checking in here, it's going it's to let you know, like, hey, you're you're on the path. Just keep, keep charging forward. And your day is only as hard as you're going to make it. All right? Now, let's tell me about the dog. I need to hear about that, dude. Ah, oh, the boy. I mean, he probably got me through some... <laughs> Some hard times as well. I mean, where do I even start? Get paired up. I don't, I don't even know that story. Like when you get over there, how do you become a handler? I don't, if you can talk about that, do they even open that up? Yeah, definitely. The first deployment with the squadron, I saw how valuable they were. Like I love dogs growing up. Huge dog guy. You got, you got to have a responsibility, right? You got to have collateral duty. What are you drawn towards? I love sniping. So at Team Four, I, I got the trifecta. I got comms, so a sniper, and JTAC, and I loved it. Perfect. That's a good setup. Oh, <laughs> awesome bad. setup. I was yeah. Gung-ho. yeah. So then when I got to, to when I saw the dogs at uh, my first deployment, I was like, I love dogs. And then they would just save people's lives. I'm like, cool. I got to, I got to have a, a responsibility. I'll take care of a dog for one opportunity to even have the chance to save one of my guys to get him out of a bad situation. I'll take on that responsibility. I mean, I love dogs. And it makes me an asset too, right? Like you're going to plug me in. It might make me a little more valuable if something's going on which actually worked out like I, if it wasn't for the dog, I wouldn't have been chosen to participate on the big mission either. I mean, can you, can you give some insight on, I don't even know if I can ask this or if I should ask this, but I know there's books out on it now, but how did that all go down? Can you, can you tell us Are you allowed us? I mean, I know there's all the non-disclosures and whatnot, but I was always interested and I'm sure everybody else out there is like how you, and then what happened from the time that they were like, hey, bro, guess what? And then till go time, what did that look like? Because it's the most badass mission ever, okay? I just want to tell you that you were a part of that. The fact that y'all wrecked a helicopter huh. is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, the fact that y'all did that and still got that mission done lets you know how awesome that squad was. Go Not ahead. Just, I'm sorry. I just had to that. Everybody that had something to do with that. I mean, you know, we, we can't do our job alone. I mean, we got to get there. The pilots crush it. The people who put together all the intel were awesome. Every single person came together to support that. But yeah, when think about that, the we're going after who we're going after, so no pressure. And then helicopter, you almost die in the helicopter crash. Luckily, those guys are badass and they saw land that thing. So you you almost die. You're after who who you're going after. Those guys didn't even skip a beat. It actually improved the situation. <laughs> I'm saying like that's that's the level that those guys are on. And, you know, I, I say I'm nobody. I mean, I, I work my ass off to get there. We all know the deal, but considering compared to some of those guys, like you'll never hear their stories, but Holy crap. Those guys, it's, you know, I earned my way there, but man, it was pretty crazy. Everybody, like even towards the end, just the, the way things flowed and there's some bad situations. So the book covers a lot of this and, you know, it took a long time to get it approved and I still want to respect everybody that's still in. And I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to, making by mad or getting my brothers hurt. We went through the approval process. Everything in the book is approved, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get uncomfortable talking about it. Definitely. And I'm sure. Yeah, no, no, you don't have to. I, I was just, but just that, even towards the end on X it was literally like something out of a movie. It's just the way this watching those guys flow. And I mean, I go, me and Cairo had an essential job, which it covers in the book as well. And I was just basically there to babysit him and watch him work. He uses nose and, do sweeps of the perimeter, any uh, explosives and tunnels, 
the same thing on the inside looking for hidden rooms, you know. Dude, that's mo- dude, that's a, a mobile sniper team. Swim buddies, I mean, we always go down two men. I mean, the guys going in and doing their thing, that's sexy as shit, too. But, I mean, everyone looks at that dog as like a dog, like a regular dog. They don't understand that he's just like a human on force. I mean, they, and you all have code and talk and, and touch and everything. like they, they, A lot of people don't appreciate That's why your book's so uh, good to come out right now. And with people getting into the canine, especially when we're coming out now. Like all the seals are getting done. Our generation is flowing back out. And what you've accomplished with that, and don't say yourself short, that's one of the coolest ones. Because you're out hanging out by yourself. And you know he'll find the stuff that, not, that no one else will. Oh, yeah. Remember that. Definitely. That was the coolest oh, yeah. part. I say Cowher is valuable. He definitely needed Cairo on that mission for sure. But yeah, yeah, he, he was an essential role. No doubt about it. We, I mean, I really thought that he was going to find something, uh, you know, considering who we we're going after and we knew what the stakes were. I, mean, I, I knew that he was going to pick up on something and we, we were definitely a valuable asset. That's why I joined. That's why I wanted to be a dog hound in the, in the first place, you know? JTAG sniper uh, trifecta that you work right around with. And, and are you a medic too? No, I love it though. I, I uh, okay, and the dog handler that 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 kind of guarantees you. you, you it, like we always were like, hey, volunteer for everything. That way, if a mission goes down, they need something. You got that qual for get it on. So, yes, you yeah, want to go on every stuff. mission possible, right? Okay, who doesn't want to go to comm school? All right, I'll go. You gotta have a comms guy. yep that's it i worked out in my favor they're like you're going and i'm like cool i didn't carry the way didn't realize what i was getting at the time and then afterwards i pushed for the other ones and i really had to push for sniper they wanted to send me to breacher i had to be very persistent and uh you can't cross those streams those two things don't cross cross those streams That's the, that's that's one of the ways I wound up on uh, Red Wing is because I, I had that that's well I had the qual I had the eighteen Delta qual so I had yeah. the four. That's yes I wish if I would have known what I know now like I love all that medical stuff I would have definitely tried that out. It's the most beneficial skill to have out here now, right? The, the dog handling skill that you have and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. And I hear some guys saying, you know, there's no there's no we don't need snipers out in the civilian world. I'm like, well, not that qual. Or that title, I mean, but everything that goes to being a sniper, like you know, patience, discipline, the meticulous, all of that stuff comes into everything we do. Every skill set does. That's the cool part about it. Is like you can just take that skin off of us, that uniform, but everything's already packed in there. That's the pressure that comes with wearing that freaking trident. Yeah. Most everybody else will wear the eagle, the gun, everything in between. There's only one group walking around with that trident, and that's that's us with that water sign, man. And that's to beat that. Trust me, brother. You're ready for everything out here. Definitely. But I agree with you. That medical training would, uh, looking back on it now, really wish I had more, but we did, we did quite a bit. I, I loved it. I, I'd hop on every single course that I possibly could. Obviously it's nothing compared to the 18 Delta. <laughs> All right. So when you got, when you guys were got back, how did you wind up keeping him? Or is that kind of like the deal? When you guys get paired up, you just get to keep him. You've, uh, your handlers usually sorry, good or primary handlers usually good first choice. I was Cairo's primary handler once he um once i was done working him you know you do a couple of rotations and then it's time to go back to being the soldier i handed him back over 
then I got, just, we, I got recalled. I was in free fall jump master school. Like I said, just, we just got back from deployment. I handed Cairo back over to the kennel. I knew he'd be in good hands to some of those MAs over there and the other guys. He was staying within the family and the squadron, so he wouldn't be too far away. It was good to be back to a shooter, to being a shooter. I went a uh, free fall jump master with my best friend, Nick Check, one of my best friends. Uh, while we were there. I thought you were afraid of heights. Yeah, but you got to have that qual if you want to. <laughs> Definitely wasn't my favorite thing. But yeah. <laughs> Better keep up. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I get the free fall qual, but I feel like the free fall jump master, that's like, you know, that's going the extra mile. Well, yeah, especially when we went to Arizona to do it, and it's not the best place. But I was there with my best friends. I'm like, cool, at least I'm here with you, bro. We're going to have some fun. A couple days in, uh, I get a phone call from my team leader. Like, hey, come back, got your plane ticket. Pick up Cairo, show up to the team room at this amount of time. I go back into the classroom. I'm like, hey, Nick, we got to go or whatever. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, I didn't, I didn't get anything. So it was just me. I was like, huh, this is, so it was really weird from that point forward. I'm like, huh, it's like, why are they, why would they recall me and not him? I like to say, you know, Nick was, he was a better operator than I was hands down. This is, that's what made it so weird. I'm like, why would they call me back? Not you. I'm like, I guess something with the dog, but uh, I was supposed to have turned him over already, but you know, we, we were pretty busy. Things like this happen all the time. Somebody had some family stuff or something happening. So they just recalled me. I just got back from deployment. We were fresh. We knew what we were doing. Made sense. Like, hey, just come back from that school. Come grab him. We don't know exactly what's going on, but something. Once that happened, you know, I was still young, early 20s, probably, or, you know, mid-20s, forget. And then uh, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, cool. Whatever we're doing, I get to hang out with Cairo again. I hope it's something cool. Uh, we showed up into the team room. Got home no problem. I guess one of the funny things. Uh, <laughs> so leaving that course, I went and saw Nick, and Nick's like, "No, nah, I'm not getting recalled." I'm like, "Ha! Ah, have fun staying here by yourself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> for you, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. I probably slapped him in the mouth or something, or you know, probably not because he would beat me up. But he got me back. He the next day they were asking, like, "Hey, was your SEAL friend?" He's like, "Oh, he quit." <laughs> I told the entire class <laughs> that I quit. I'm like, cool, thanks, man. You got me good. But yeah, we got up or we got back, grabbed the dog, and uh, things were a little weird at first. They eventually told us what's going on. We just did conducted training and made sure our affairs were in order. Uh, they take y'all. They take y'all to train somewhere else. Yeah, we had a few Will or y'all, y'all train right there? Both had a few places we went. <laughs> no, just the thing, same thing me and Cairo were doing before deployment. Just maybe. We know who we were going after is obviously different, so the pressure's on. How many helicopters have you crashed? I haven't been in zero helicopter crashes. <laughs> well, see, that's the cool part. That's what I'm talking about. Like, the fact that you – and, you know, the mission, I get that. And every guy, everybody I talk to from the office like, bro, it's just like a regular deal. They all, all y'all say that. I'm like, hey, it's just like a regular deal. And it, and it was. I was like, yeah, but I mean, like, Mojo's been in a helo crash. And, and, and y'all had one go down. And I have – that changes everything when you have a fallen angel. Yeah. I mean, when that when that goes down, I mean, it's hard to keep your cool. I don't think I I kept my cool. I don't think I remember looking as cool as everybody thinks I did when I was going through that crap. I don't. I don't. That's not how I felt. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit. Uh, but yeah. the fact that y'all, I mean, that's just a compliment to both you two, man, for go, get, having that one going through that fire like that. God, dog. That, that's why that thing is different because of who you were going after and the fact y'all put a bird down. Oh, no, definitely. Those pilots, thank God for those pilots and their amazing job. They got landed it safely. 
Those guys didn't skip a beat. Crushed how long to, how long to when you got the notice that you were on the team till y'all went? It's hard to put my finger on exactly. We had a, we had a decent amount amount of time to train. Okay. And it, you know, it wasn't immediately told to us. So, is it guys you'd worked with before, or they they pulled together kind of a who's who of the zoo out of the team? We pulled together certain people. The only reason I was selected because Cairo, no, I, was Cairo. Like, I was a good handler, or one of the handlers couldn't make it, and I was a I was ready to go. So, other I bet than that, kicking. I bet that handler's like, damn it. <laughs> hey, I, I may not be what you want, but I'm damn sure what you need. <laughs> He's a great man. He's a great Mo, man. I see, would say that all the time. Yeah. Now, Will, when was Cairo injured? I want to say it was 2009, June 2009. He going after a couple bad guys, going to the compound. They heard we were coming. Four guys fled. Two, two guys on two different little mopeds loaded down. We, uh, Ended up following one hell. Uh, ended up following one moped. They ended up getting to a tree line before we were allowed to engage. The ROEs didn't let us uh, allow us to drop bombs on the tree line once they'd gotten there. So we landed the helicopter. Made our way up to the uh, the tree line. There was a like a three or four foot low wall. Did the escalation of force. You know, since those guys were turds, they weren't really com- They weren't listening to us. <laughs> We did the escalation of force thing. <clears throat> Eventually, there was, I was told by my team leader, send Cairo in. I sent him off on the right-hand side. I ended up losing him in the trees. It's hard to keep track of the dog, you know, in the, in the dense brush. And then I just remember trying to make my way down the line as I'm looking for him. I hear gunshots. Cairo listened really well. So as soon as I heard gunshots, I tried to recall. I, rem- I don't know how long it took, but I knew after a certain amount of time, I knew something was wrong because he wasn't coming back. Eventually, I looked to my kind of down to the left, down my flank, and I see him, see him down, uh, down the way, coming back to me, nice and slow. I started making my way to him, and then all of a sudden he collapses, and I, I immediately thought he was dead. I mean, when dogs get shot like that, they usually don't survive. It's you know, it's seventy pound dog taking a seven six two round. He got shot through his chest and his leg. You know, so as soon as he collapsed, I'm like, shit. I, I figured he's dead immediately. Um, I knew my guys had the situation under control. They didn't really need me up there. So I was, I was able to make my way over to Cairo immediately. Uh, <clears throat> saw that he was still breathing, which was a great sign, but you know, we weren't out of the weeds yet. I, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like I was happy about it. I was just you know, happy he's still, still with us. One of the guys that was on the line, he, he was a medic. He, he knew Cairo had been hit. Call came over the radio. He, he was smart enough to come back and give me some assistance. And it was, it was great, man. It was, Everything that we had trained for in such a shitty situation, it was, you know, it sucked the dog got shot, but to see that kind of flow in such a, I mean, think about that. The dog is shot, things are going bad. Everybody, like, I knew to have been making my way over to him. He knew to come off the line. And as I'm getting, so we carry, you know, a specific med kit for the dogs. As I'm handing it to him, he's breaking it open and ripping out what he needs because he knows what he knows what he needs. I'm taking Cairo's vest off and putting his muzzle on. It's like just in time. He's sticking his fingers inside Cairo's chest, and Cairo like, you know, he has a high pain tolerance. But when you're sticking your dog, your fingers inside of a dog's chest that just been shot, he's he's a working dog. He might try to bite your fingers off. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, it was just perfect time. I had the muzzle on him. He was putting galls in his chest, and then if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure how that would have turned out. It was a time time sensitive situation. Say we did a pretty good job. It was just cool to see how that flowed seamlessly. They they, they called in the 
uh, the helicopter to come pick us up, you know, the Kazvac. Um, those helicopter pilots flew into a dangerous situation just like any one of us would have gotten shot. On the bird, he was treated just like any soldier. He was worked on by a medic on the bird. When he got back to base, we didn't have a veterinarian. He was worked on by actual surgeons, continued to save his life, they did a great job. And then we got him to a vet, and as soon as we did, you know, those people continued to save his life. And everybody who had a part, I, I can't say thank you enough. He ended up pulling through, but that night when we got him to the vet, and he looked rough. I'd never obviously seen him like that. I laid with him the entire night on the floor. And in case he passed away, I wanted to have him, I wanted to be there. Um, he bounced back pretty quick, though. It was crazy to see kind of like those dogs, man. They can take some pain. And tough as shit, shot. man. They can take some freaking pain. They can take some Damn, pain. Man, like, dude, you just got shot the next day. Okay, you know, there's some pictures, which are in the book, like him walking slowly. Like, that's by far – him collapsing was weird. I've never seen you do that. And then him, like, just barely being able to make it outside uh, to be able to take a – to use the bathroom. Uh, just the fact that he was able to get up. And then not even too much longer after that, he had, like, we had sunglasses on him, and he's wagging his tail. It's like, there he is. All right, he's going to be good. Damn. It was crazy. Those dogs, he broke his canine in half once. We're doing some training, and he, I don't know, crazy melon walls, did something, stuck it somewhere, broke it in half. I opened the, I opened the cage up, and I'm looking in. I thought it was a toenail or something. That's what it was. That look, and it's, it's his canine. Look, I pick up his, uh, you know, lip, and like, sure, shit. <laughs> Take him to the vet, vet tech. <laughs> I wouldn't have, I would have never known he had an exposed nerve until the vet tech lifted up his lip and put his finger right on the nerve and then and the dog kind of wasn't happy. Kyra was pretty laid back, you know, for being a, you know, a working dog. Do that with some of those other dogs. See what happens. You're going to lose some of your face. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying, I was like, man, I wish I was half the man my dog, my dog thought I was right. And I wish I was half as tough as they are. Cause they were going to take a shot. Keep going. Say, man, you know, because we're sitting there going, Hey, man, you know, take a, take a day, <laughs> you know, walk down and lay up a little bit, take some, some, uh, load it off. Like, nah, nah, we'll get back into it. All right. Yeah, man. Let's get beat. Get back to work. Those people, even the people of Lackland who, uh, rehabbed him, they crushed it because when he got back, we weren't sure how he was going to act. But, uh, when I got reunited with him, it was great. He remembered me, uh, jumped up into my, he liked to put his, like to jump up in your arms and put his paws here, and he had periodontal disease, his rot mouth. He put his oh. mouth right here and just pant that hot trash air right in your face. So happy to see yeah. me. <laughs> Love you too, man. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, swing uh, by the store, get some Mentos and some milk bones. It's going to be great. <laughs> on the Mentos. Yeah. <laughs> but he was happy. Uh, I, I lost one the other day. And uh, it's so funny because with them, it's not that they can't communicate back. It's just you have to learn to communicate with them. And when you're with, no one can appreciate what when you're unless you're partnered up with a dog and spend as much time as we do with ours. You know, more than four, three, four hours a day, you spend all the time with them. There's that 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 bond is formed with them. And when they get snatched away, it's like man, I was kind of you know how we, we were doing earlier. It's like man, I wish I'd. A, it's not that I didn't bitch at you because you were doing that. I was like, you know, but I missed the annoying part. So, you know, it's the little things in life. I think that are the blessing that they bring out. And so many ways. I've been a dog walker for going on 12 years now myself. 
Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about the, the dog. I was just talking with Morgan before we got on about that. It's, sorry, man. Yeah, bro, it happened so fast, man. You know, the little ones, they get hit. Yeah. She got hit right up. So, you know, she got hit on the paw. And she was all furred up. You know, we're, we got this quarantine on. She looked like a, a used 50-cal boar brush. I mean, or a cotton swab. She was just poof. Yeah. And I, so I just thought she had a sticker in her in her hand. Because that's what she was normally sitting like that. Yep. And then um, she got some incontinence going on. And then she threw up. And once once they got the goo-goo doll eyes, I was like, uh-oh. I mean, bro, fast. So it had to be a juvenile snake and yeah. just dump that whole load in, I guess. So. That's all. You know how it works, man. They, yeah, buddy. You never know. You never know when you're gonna lose them. That's when I'm like being yeah. present, being present here with the dogs. They they keep me, especially with all this stuff going on lately. I'm not used to all this. Uh, my anxiety. I'm not. I'm not healed by any means. I can't wait to get out there and see what you guys have going on to help me. Certain issues, but um, you know, I don't. They they keep me grounded when I'm stressed out. Well, I'm that's what that's what it's for. Yeah. Don't look at it like you got like the dog. Was like man, I got assigned to be a dog walker when I got out of teams. Like I literally had to take Mister Rigby around the earth and show him off. Like he's like, hey, I want to go to the states. Uh, you know, it's not like I was doing it and he was going with me. I just reversed it like a team guy. Like I was, I was there to facilitate him traveling around. Yeah, and it just it takes a while, but don't worry, brother. You you're stronger than you even know. Oh yeah, man. Getting better. Cairo better. would yeah. hang out with you. <laughs> the dog man helped me get through some stuff. We're going especially like I said that transition, and that was rough. But Cairo, good having him home. And then when he passed, I had another dog named Hagen. She was a real special girl too, man. I I almost put her on, on the dedication for the book. I put you know the books for Cairo and his story, but I almost put her name in there too because she was great. She got me through his passing, and then when she passed, she all of a sudden, man, started acting weird. Something attacked her thyroid or something, and she shut down within hours and she was gone and then these dogs helped me get through that yeah you just never know so it's like be present with them while you can it you know you could use that for my whole family like we were talking earlier like all the amount of time that i spent coming home on leave okay now you only get so many you get once a year how many minutes is that spent with my grandparents so you add all that time up that's not that many minutes and looking back on it now it's like you don't realize it that time you don't have a whole lot of it sometimes so when you're there, be present. <laughs> like, use that time for seize the day, right? That's it. You seize never know. The day. Never know, man. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit more about the book? Yeah, the book's called No Ordinary Dog. It's about my dog Cairo that I had in the SEAL teams. Yeah, basic gist of the stories. Covers a little bit of the, his beginning, a little bit of my beginning, a little bit of his beginning. How we met, some of the training, how that t- takes part. Um, bond that we formed and then doing some missions together covers the uh the mission that we went and got osama bin laden then uh goes through his retirement and my retirement and how we came together at the end and how that all played out so i guess the kind of overall gist of the story where can people get it they can get anywhere books are sold uh, amazon any bookstores i read the audio version myself so you can get the uh, audio book and hear my voice if you Actually, like oh, cool. you did it yourself? for some reason, yeah, I did. It was so much fun. Oh, good, nice work. It's like you're having this in your face, and you're like, I don't know what to do with my hands, and just yeah, Ricky Bobby moment. Ricky Bobby, I don't know check it. Hey, hey, man, you know, you know, they're gonna make a movie about that, 
And I mean, like Mar- all the great dog movies from Old Yellow, Red Fern Grows, uh, Marley and Me, you know they're going to make one about that dog. And the fact that your voice played over on it, that that's, we'll that's do, cool, man. We'll see what happens. That's how I like to look at when people ask, like, it's a Navy SEAL Marley and Me. <laughs> it's brazen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> see what happens. And crazy somebody jump out of airplanes and helicopters. We went through some stuff, man. We we did some. I mean, think about that. The dog that you have at home, everybody at home is the, the dog you love. You can communicate with that dog sometimes. You love that dog. That dog tells you when he needs to go out and feed me. Like, okay, we had that bond. And we got to jump out of planes. Got to, I got to fast. I never got to skydive with him on my chest. Ah, I wish I was a little more comfortable in the air. We would hand him off to the guys that were, you know, sky gods. Good jumpers. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to get the dog injured or do something stupid. I never, but, you know, fast rope with him, rappelling with him. All the cool places we got to go, man. Got so that built the bond, and then just the missions, like the dog saving. He got shot for us. Like, that's cool. Thanks, man. And then so he almost sacrificed your life for us. That's a big deal. And then um, yeah, the UBL mission. Like, geez. And then all, and then just how he was there for me at the end. Yeah, it's a. It's more than just that. I guess somebody was asking me like, "What, what do you want to tell me?" Like, well, it's just Cairo. Cairo's name's out there, but he was so so much more. Everybody knows him as Cairo, the dog that. It's on the Bin Laden mission. There's so much more than that. There's so much more that goes into it. So much more than oh, all the guys on the team, man. And not even just the team, the whole team, the whole big picture. You know, it took a lot of people for that to get done. Oh, man. Yeah. Good job again, bro. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You hear it a lot, man. Yeah. Good job. Hey, Will, we got, we got to wrap this up by asking you, what's your greatest never quit advice for our listeners? That's just I love y'all's message. Just never quit. Just start listening to that's right. getting through podcast. That's it, man. Like I was going through my tough time and I never quit and reach out. Um, I wasn't reaching out to people. I secluded and, you know, I might not have stuck a gun in my mouth, but I was drinking myself to death. Let's just say that much. I wasn't in a good place. It's hard to knit your brain that's messing up on you. It's, you know, when you put an alcohol on top of that, it doesn't really mesh so well. I wasn't reaching not at out. all. It doesn't go so, it doesn't go, you know. Reach out to a friend if you think somebody might need to be because my best friend Jared Shaw he reached out to me and he's like, Dude, I'm going here, you're coming. I wasn't gonna let him go alone, you know, or reach out to somebody, but yeah, just again, don't, don't never quit, man. There's always something out there. There's so many good people out there, there's so many modalities. Don't give up on it. Just try this one and give it a good shot. If that doesn't work, we'll try this one. If that doesn't work, try this one. Okay, well, none of those work, but this one and this one together for a certain amount of time worked, or this one, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Just that's it, man. And and that's what, that's what I found best. Try different things. I get on my knees and pray to God every day and just try to do good things and help people out, do what I can. On, God man. bless you, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you all. I really appreciate it, guys. Great talking with you. Thanks, Will. Got to see you in person. Oh, man. Yeah, I got hey, you. I needed this, bro. I'm stuck out here. I'm sitting my wife. I'm not being here alone. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I, I've been needing a team guy. I, I, like I sneak out to go see my brother, and I, they don't know that, so y'all don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as all this virus stuff dies, I secretly sneak out, out to see my brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely come out there. Definitely, it's been, like, it's been since the the kilt event or whatever. So, yeah, it's been a long time. So we'll get out there, make it happen. All right, guys. Thanks, Will. Yeah, brother, man. Yeah, we're Thank out. Adios. Later. Will, that was a great interview, man. We can't thank you enough for getting on with us. Can't wait to see you in person whenever 
the world kind of goes back to normal. Thanks, guys, for coming back and listening to the show every week. It's nice to have a little bit of uh, positivity in our lives with all that's going on. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Even though the audio might not be as perfect as it always is, we didn't want to stop putting out new shows and new interviews, even though we're kind of all separated right now. We wanted to make sure we were kind of bringing co- you know, constant positivity, great never-quit stories, and you know, I'd say Will delivered that today. You guys have got to check out his book. It's called No Ordinary Dog. You can get it anywhere books are sold, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, wherever you name it. It's actually a number one bestseller on Amazon right now. It's a story that's definitely worth reading. Hey, if you guys want to follow Will, you can follow him at No Ordinary Dog Book on Instagram. Uh, he's posting lots of great content. You can check out his pups, see his story, find his book, all that good stuff. Thank you guys again for listening to our show every week. It means the world to us. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes and you need to make sure you subscribe to the show, you can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast player to be notified the moment we release a new episode. Hey, make sure to share the episode with a friend. People right now are like looking down the barrel of some negative, you know, times in their lives. Maybe people have lost their jobs. Maybe people are bored at home. They can't work. Whatever it may be, sharing these stories kind of can get you out of a rut, get you out of a hard time. So share this episode with a friend. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know we're about to drop some brand new podcast merchandise. You guys are going to love the new shirt we put together. That will be released in the next couple days. You guys need to make sure to check out our Instagram account, team underscore never quit, to be notified the moment we drop it. And if you're on Patreon, you'll actually have the first opportunity to get the new shirts first before anybody else. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Marcus at Marcus Luttrell, Morgan at Mojo Luttrell, and me at Andrew Brockenbush. Thank you guys again. We love doing the show. Check us back next week for another episode.